Well, family, it's Thursday one more time, one more time, one more time, one more time. It's Thursday. And you know if it's Thursday, it's your girl, Dr. P, and I'm on the pod. Dr. P on the pod, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming around. Whether you're listening on a Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday or Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday, we are just happy. We are happy that you are tuning in. We got a we got a podcast for you today. We're going to be talking about black men and mental health. Oh, somebody say Jesus. Black men and mental health. Mm, we are excited. We're going to talk about it today. But before we get there, I got to remind you that Memory Sunday, you know, I've been talking about this for several months. Memory Sunday, the second Sunday in June, June the 12th, is coming up. It's coming up. We want you to be talking about Alzheimer's awareness. Congregations, pastors, missionaries, deacons, mamas, daughters, everybody, everybody, you know, African Americans, we have some of the highest rates of Alzheimer's in these United States. And Memory Sunday is our time to educate ourselves, educate our community about Alzheimer's, you know, dementia, you know, caregiving. We want to lift up caregivers. God bless the caregivers. Lord. God bless the caregivers. I'm sure everyone listening got a story. I know you got a story. So we want you to go to the website, bombingilead.org. Get your resources. And on June 12th at 6 p.m. in the afternoon, Sunday, June 12th at 6 p.m., we are having Memory Sunday down by the Riverside Concert. Facebook Live, YouTube Live. Pay attention. Make sure you you get your link. You should be getting, if you own the Bomb and Gilead's uh, network and you get all of our material, you'll get your link. If you don't, go to the website. Make sure you send it around. Make sure you make sure everybody you know is with us for Memory Sunday and especially with us for our Memory Sunday concert with none other by gospel artist uh, Dr. Stephen Hurd and the Bomb and Gilead singers. I'm telling you, it is a phenomenal, phenomenal time we're going to have. You don't want to miss it. 6 p.m. June 12th. Facebook Live and YouTube. Get your link. It's Memory Sunday. Yep. Um, June is, we are done with the first, well, we've got one more month to the second half of the year is done. And we are marching to Healthy Churches 2030, the ninth annual Healthy Churches 22nd. But let me know what? Let me slow down. I'm talking like a Geechee woman from low country today. Okay, slow it down. We are marching to the ninth annual Healthy Churches 2030 Conference, November the 14th through the 17th. Absolutely. We are in June now, but guess what? November is coming up. Yes, indeed. So listen, 
we got Dr. Purvis Taylor III. Mm-hmm. The good Dr. Purvis Taylor III. And I'm telling you, I'm going to give him all the time he needs because Black men and mental health, that is a big issue. And I'm so excited to have our brother, Dr. Purvis Taylor the third with us today, Dr. Taylor. How you doing? I'm well, Dr. P. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now, family, I got to tell you, Dr. Taylor's life purpose is to help men maximize their potential, master their emotions. Uh-uh, stop right there. Master their emotions and strive in the lives of their dreams. Come on. Dr. Taylor is an award-winning celebrity, life coach, inspirational speaker, mentor, and author. Okay? Did you hear that? I'm going to be quiet because Dr. Taylor got something to say. I'm so glad you're with us. So glad you're with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm, you know, I'm just really excited to be here to talk about, to have a discussion around like, you know, black men's mental health, I think is so important. Um, I actually just did a radio interview this morning on a radio station. They said, you know, we're so tired of just talking about it. Like, what are the solutions? You know right. what I'm saying? Like, every, you know, we're talking about it, which is great, right? Because that means that that's opening up space for brothers to talk about it and for us to just have, you know, dialogue around it. But very few people are actually talking about actual solutions. And so, like, you know, the work that I do, what my prayer is that I'm offering a solution. I'm offering, uh, you know, a contribution to, like, this larger issue. So, Dr. Taylor, tell us, give us an overview of about the the reality of Black men and mental health and what are some of the issues that you see and what are some of the solutions to those issues that you see? Well, I definitely, you know, right now where we are, I still look at it as a 911 um, in terms of, you know, just dealing with, you know, Black men's mental health, really all of our mental health, especially, you know, it's been it's been heightened due to COVID, right? And, and, and the racial tension that we've seen in the country the last few years, the racial inequities. And even with COVID, you know, we were disproportionately affected more than anybody, anybody else, right, as, as a people. And, and so as, and as we were going into the pandemic, the, the mental health rates in Black men were rapidly increasing. Mental illness rates in Black men were, were rapidly increasing. And a report came out recently that, um, you know, the national numbers for suicides went down, but they increased in African-American men, in Black men. And and that's crazy. You know, like for us to only be, I think, 30% of the population, I think, we still 30% of the population. And for our, for us as Black men, for our suicide rates to be increasing rapidly, um, you know, it's just been very, very alarming. Um, and, it's, and it really wants me to, it really causes me to like really just sit down and ask myself these questions like brothers are just really, you know, what is hurting us, right? Like what is hurting us and who do, and why do we feel like we don't have a space or, or why are we not reaching out for help? You know, um, some of the things that I've been seeing with some of my clients personally have been anxiety, depression, um, you know, having uh, poor coping skills, right? So a lot of my a lot of my male clients they cope with doing you know recreational drugs, you know, drinking, um, you know, uh, you know, illicit sex, 
uh, just being um, just just reckless in some some regards. But on the other hand, they are successful. They are achieving. They're building businesses. You know what I mean? So it's like it's been this. Um, it's this. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, it's a stark contrast in like what we see. Like you see the success, but I'm seeing the brokenness, mm-hmm. right? And I think, and I just think that that represents who we are, where we are as a culture, anyway. So you know, let's. I want to examine this from uh, from this point of view because I'm I'm sitting here listening and and thinking about you know my my history and my journey through life. Yes, everybody knows I'm from the Low Country, South mm-hmm. Carolina, and um, you know, and all of my friends, <laughs> I can truly say all of them, uh, around the country um, who are you know fifty and up. Um, you know, black men and mental health, we know we we talk about it now, but the anxiety around black men, depression, I can think about my father who was on the couch until he went out and got a, a, a hit of moonshine. Mm-hmm. And once he got a hit of moonshine, he became a whole different person, mm-hmm. you know, and and that included a violent person. You know, Um, so when you say, you know, anxiety and depression and poor uh, coping skills and reckless uh, sex, I mean, I know families who, you know, father left this family, went and created a whole nother family. You know, I have uh, sisters who are incest survivors. Their mama was in the house and daddy was just running amok, you know, Mm -hmm. with the with his daughters. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, all of that is in our past and our DNA, but we did not hear about suicide. Could it be that suicide was happening and we didn't hear about it? Or, you know, um, you know, whatever they did, they 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 were destructive of the our fathers and uncles and cousins and them in our past were destructive, but they didn't go to suicide. What 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 you think? Yeah, you know, I think there's two schools of thoughts. Um, you know, because you know, at one point we weren't considered in the suicide statistics, right? When they did the national suicide numbers and we just started to appear within the last, you know, few decades. And there's a school of thought that says, well, we weren't counted or considered because we weren't considered humans, right? So they just didn't include us in, 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 you know, in those numbers, right? But then there's also another school of thought that's just like, you know, we just had a greater bandwidth of suppression, than they do today. And I kind of lean more towards that side. I just think that we have a greater, I think during that time, because it was just based off of just survival. And now we're in a, a place where we can thrive. You can be a senator, an ice skater, a chef. You can be so many things, right? And, and success is so readily available to us that it wasn't like how it was back in the day, like with your your father, my, my, my grandfather, people like that. Like, you know, like it was just basically flourishing wasn't wasn't a thing for them. It was just let me pay these bills, let me provide. Right. Right. Well, you know, my mother, I can remember my mother telling me that black people didn't commit suicide. That yeah. suicide was white people. White people did that. Yeah. Black people that did not do that. You know. Yeah. So as we have moved over these decades into this high suicide rate, you know, it's like I think for many of us, it's still a phenomenon of like, what in the world? So we don't know how to talk about it. You know, we yeah. don't know how to address it, and and it's happening everywhere. It's happening in our families, and we go, what? 
huh? Why did I miss the signs? How did I miss the signs? So let's talk about, you know, are there any signs that we should look look for? Because so often when someone commits suicide, we are just you know, just what in the world, how did not, why didn't I see this coming? Yeah. You know, I think one of the challenging things about where we are in 2022 is that we have learned how to mask very well, mm-hmm. right. You know, with social media that, that that's enhanced it. Right. So it's like, you know, we only show our best days. We put on our, our best face and we go about life, not knowing, like I said, you know, brothers that I work with who are high achieving, but at inside, they're they're imploding. They're dying on the inside, right? So I think one of the challenging parts about living in 2022 is like the typical symptoms or signs like that have been in the past, like someone being withdrawn or you know mood you know mood switch or um, uh, you know just being erratic in behavior or you know giving away things, certain things like that where people are like give, you know typical signs. Those things are not necessarily happening anymore. And so one of the things that I've been encouraging people is to tap into your discernment. You know these people. When you know when something's not right with someone, you can feel it, even if they're not in your presence. You know, have you ever been like, I wonder how such and such is doing? I don't have a good feeling about them. And you ain't seen them in a month. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's your discernment. Mm -hmm. That's your spirit, right? And so, like, I, I think this is one of those stages where we're going to have to rely on discernment a lot more than we used to. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to some of those solutions that you spoke about in the beginning. Yes, ma'am. What are some of those solutions that that you see that you can share with the family today? Well, I definitely think one of the biggest things, is obviously, therapy. Right. Um, therapy is definitely number one on that list. Um, I'm also a proponent for lived experiences groups. Uh, those are like support groups, you know, like Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, those types of groups are very successful. Um, they're proven to be just as successful as traditional therapy because there's a power in people who've lived through what, who are living through what you're going through or who have gone through what you're going through. Right. So lived experience groups, I think, are essential, important. And I also think for, you know, for a lot of brothers out there, you know, it's very hard for us to determine who is a true, authentic, safe space, mm-hmm. you know, and I always tell people that the, the essence and the heart of a safe space is that the person who is sharing leaves with their dignity still intact. Mm-hmm. So no matter what is shared there, they're still they leave as a whole person. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, I so do. Like, so being able to identify those safe spaces, those lifelines, right? Um, I think that's so essential, right? Because only, you know, you're not going to always be in your therapist's face, right? And, and, and finding therapy today is much, is, is very challenging, believe it or not. You know, due to the pandemic, a lot of the good therapists are booked out until next year, mm-hmm. right? And so like that, that's a challenge. But in the interim, like the lived experiences, um, you know, having, having that, those safe spaces and having community, I think is so essential. Reading books, like, you know, I've written two books on Black men's mental health, so Thrival Mode and Heal Forward. Reading those books, having a book discussion group with, with some brothers around you, that that could be, that can help. Um, journaling, exercising, watching the food you eat, all these things are essential. Developing a prayer life, having a relationship with God, like these things are all things that you have to have in order to get on that journey towards healing. And then you have to understand that, you know, we heal for the rest of our lives, right? Mm -hmm. As long as we're here on this earth, we're going to be healing through something. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, this is a journey that we have to be committed to. And that's the thing I tell brothers, this is not something you do for a month. This is something you got to do for the rest of your life. That's right. When it comes, when it comes to your mental health, you have to be proactive. You have to be on the offense, not the defense. You know, um, what about how do we, the sisters, mm-hmm. um, how do we help? You know, I, I'm thinking about three relatives in my family mm-hmm. and um one one who is an actual medical doctor mm-hmm. uh, who has had serious trauma all of his life but serious mm-hmm. trauma he refuses to go see a therapist mm-hmm. it's like for him I talk to you and I talk to Jesus. I'm like, brother, please don't put me in the in the in the category of of Jesus. And I am not a psychiatrist, a therapist, please. And I have been begging him for years to go to therapy. Mm-mm, I'm on, mm, I don't need no therapist because I got Papa. I got Jesus. I got the the Lord on high. Then I have another one. Mm-hmm. Another brother, he has been depressed all of his life. Mm. He walks in the room and he sucks all the energy out the room and he'll just sit there. No involvement, you know, and and whether he's in the room or out of the room, it's just he just he just he just moves as a zombie, Mm. you know, and you can't even get through that wall that he has up. Mm. And then there's another brother a nephew that I just spoke to on Saturday who was like, he's been an alcoholic all of his life, you know, and because he was raised by a drug addict and, you know, just consumed by it. And he said, I'm auntie, I'm doing better. I'm doing better. Why don't you get in therapy? Now I, I can't, mm-mm, I just can't go and talk to nobody about my problems. I, uh, no, auntie, I can't do that. So Dr. Taylor, yeah. tell us, Tell me, how do I help these brothers who I truly love, who are in my family? Yeah. What do I do? How do I, what, what? Tell me what to do. Tell me what to say. Tell me. What well, I mean, I think that you are doing enough. Like you're being a safe space for them. Obviously, if, if brothers are coming to you sharing their most fragile space with you, then you are doing what you can. Um I think one of the next steps possibly for you, if you want to do this, right, is find some research on like who are some therapists who are black males, right, in that area and just see if you can find some therapists for them and just say, hey, listen, just do me this one. I'll go to the session with you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like maybe that could be the next step, right? If that's not, if that's not, with um, outside of your boundary, right? Because you may have boundaries around this, right? And you got to respect and honor those. But um, I think the next step could be like, yo, I'm going to research some therapists and I'll go with you to the to the first session. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. You That's know good. I mean? Yeah, I do. Know um, you but you are doing enough. Like, like I said, if these brothers are, if they're respect you enough to share their hearts with you, whatever, whatever bit of their heart they're sharing with you, that's an honor. Mm. So that you are doing, you're doing something right. Lord have mercy. I'm doing something right. Mm. Something right. So, yeah. So what about um, what? Let's talk a little bit about our young people. Mm -hmm. You know, the teenage crowd that are immersed in all of the violence. Yeah. Oh, God. 
the violence everywhere. It's, you know, we used to say the violence in our schools. Now it's the violence in our supermarkets, the violence everywhere, you know, and, you know, even if you're not in a, in a school or supermarket, you're in a town, what are we going to do with the, the, the emerging mental health issues with our children? You know, I think one of the biggest things that I think is so scary to me is that I feel like we're raising a generation of sociopaths. Mm. You know, what a sociopath is really a person who is incapable of having empathy. Mm. And when you think about social media, you think about the video mm-hmm. games play, it like it just encourages you to not be empathetic, right? Everything right. is me, 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 me focus. Everything is I, I, I. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things that we have to do is cultivate, spend time with our children to cultivate empathy within them, right? Empathy just on a basic level, like this is another human being. I know what it feels like to hurt. I don't want to hurt somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right. If we can get them to empathy, then we can get them to compassion, which is empathy in action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So the goal is to get these kids towards compassion, to want to do something to change. You know what I mean? To want to help someone, to, to help someone to better. Like, to, I want to help you so that I can better your situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think we really got to spend more time with our kids. We have to really go back to the space of like family time. We have to go back to the time of like, really just talking. Like I remember eating dinner with my family mm-hmm. and just talking about things that were happening. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it at the time, right. but I'm grateful that I had that experience now that I'm older. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that we just have to find ways to cultivate empathy in, in, in our children. And I think if we can cultivate empathy within them, that, that does affect some of the decisions we make. Yes, yes. We're in a spiritual dispensation of time of narcissism. Yeah. And I think that we have to be mindful of what, not only what we're sharing with our children, but, you know, I think about, you know, television programs. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, you know, the, the it's comedy because you fell and broke your leg. You know, it's comedy that, you know, you slipped and, you, you know what I mean? It's like... And because I know someone will bring me a video and it's about someone who just, you know, fell or or got hit by something. And it's 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 funny. And it's me like I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And hey, then same. it's like, no, no, no. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? No, there's nothing funny about someone being hurt. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. things are just things are just going sideways, Dr. Taylor. Absolutely sideways. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing. It's like when you see the kids, the way they talk to these teachers, like you've seen the videos of them like fighting the teachers. Like it's just they just do not have empathy. They don't have the emotional intelligence, which is like low level of understanding who you are as a person mm-hmm. and get into a space of self-regulating, self-management, right? But that all begins with empathy. To get to right. who you are requires empathy. Right, right, right. Well, you know, we are always out of time on the show and I am so glad that you took some time and, and talked with us. So I'm going to give you, you know, out of all the stuff you out of all the stuff you've said, out of all the stuff you have not said, leave us with three points. Three points. Black men and mental health. Three points. Um, I will say this. Um, I don't know if they're points, but I'm going to leave you three thoughts. Um, 
a Bible, one of my Bible study teachers, um, he said this quote to me and it never left me. And it says that, and it says, men scream at a frequency that only they can hear. Mm. And that quote shifted. And that was the beginning of me getting on my healing journey because it was so true because I was screaming at a frequency that only I could hear. Mm. And, and I just want a lot of people to know that. So even that brother who looks like he has it together, even that friend who is on point, they could be screaming at a frequency that only they can hear. And so like, we just need more safe spaces for men to be human, mm. right? So that means we have to let go of this strong silent type because it's that strong silence that's killing us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I know, it's, I know what you're saying. And, and, and another point that I want to say is, you know, to any brother that's listening, only what you confess can be healed. Mm-hmm. Only what you confess can be healed. And, and I'll say this last thing is, um, this is, this is hard for a lot of people, but this is so, but this is the beginning of your breakthrough. When you learn to accept all that you've been through, all the pain, all the things that, that have hurt you, that is the end of your suffering and the beginning of you embarking on a breakthrough journey. Mm. So acceptance is your place of power. Wow. Well, there you have it. There you have it, family. Um, There you have it, brothers. There you have it, sisters. Dr. Taylor, thank you so much. You know, we're always happy to have you on the pod. You know, we're going to call you back real soon. Real soon, real soon, because we got your number. We got your number. We're going to call you back real soon. Family, I know you have enjoyed the show today and you can play it over and over and over and over again. You can send it to whoever you think needs to hear it. Because, you know, when we hear something, we always say, man, you know, so-and-so need to hear that. Well, you can send this podcast to them and you can listen over and over and over and over again. Dr. Taylor, we love you. We bless you. And we show enough appreciate you. Indeed, you are a blessing to the body of Christ. Amen. Well, family, I got to jump. I got to go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Listen, we'll be right back here on Thursday, whether your Thursday is a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. I am always just happy that you will tune in to see what Dr. P is talking about today. Hey, don't forget that. Don't forget that word, joy, 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 joy. If you're feeling a little sad right now, go down deep and bring up some joy. Bring up some joy. Put joy in your mind, your heart, your soul. Let's ride on some joy, abundant joy. Ah, we got to go. I'll see you next week. Hey, you know, if it's Thursday, it's your girl, Dr. P on the pod. And I am out.